Welcome to the Connection Church online service. I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Today we begin a new series called This is Our God. We're going to be looking at the practical truths of who our God is. See, our God is eternal. Our God is unchanging. God is at work in your life. He is the one who created you, and He is calling you to Himself. God is sovereign, and He is in control of all things. And God is actively at work in the details of your life. Where you sit right now, God is with you. God has sent his presence to dwell among you, that you will not be alone in this world, but that you can call out to him in every moment, and that you can journey through life as you follow him to the places that he has to lead you. Now, while we know these practical truths are true, it can still be difficult to rely on this reality in difficult seasons. We talk about the mountaintops, the victories, where we see the breakthrough that God has brought to us. We also know that there are valleys that exist, those dry and weary places that are so challenging that we still have to trudge through and say, I will put my trust in God even in the difficult seasons. And this is where we need to know and rely on the identity of God, of who he is. And as we better know him, we can trust him better. Have you ever hired a new babysitter for your children? Do you simply just hire someone to look after your child? Look up the first person that you can find a number for and say, here you go. Well, maybe if you have too many children, you might. You know, I have three children of my own. There are certain times in my life where I'm like, hey, you know, I want to help babysit. But typically, even when we're harried and we're tired, we still want to know the credentials of those who are going to take care of our young ones. So we get to know them. We watch their interactions with their little ones. We learn their personality and begin to get a sense of who they are so that we can trust them so that we are willing to actually leave our young ones in the care of the babysitter. The same is often true about those that we live in relationship with. We want to get to know people, ascertain for ourselves, can we trust them? What is their character like? And it is equally important that we know and understand the nature of God so that we can trust him, that we don't stand with, our, with the distance between us. We don't allow any chasm to develop that keeps us from fully walking in relationship with him. So would you begin today by opening up your heart and saying, God, come on in. Reveal new facets of yourself to me today. God, we thank you that your love is with us. As we even pause right now in our houses, in our cars, in the library, wherever each person is watching from, we thank you that your presence is real and dwells among us. Call out to us. Reveal fresh things to us that we can rely on you and see where you are in all things. Amen. Well, let's talk about God. See, God is eternal. In Psalms 92, verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or, you, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Psalms 102 verse 26 says, Of old you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. Our God is eternal. He was there before time began, and he will continue to exist through eternity. Our God is immaterial. 
He is invisible. He is without composition. He has always existed. And our God is three persons, but one essence. We see God distinctly in the persons of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But yet we have one God. In Deuteronomy 6.4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. If you remember a couple months back when we were looking at the character of God and the character traits that we can take on for ourselves, we actually looked at this passage, looking at how we can find unity of working together. And as we looked into that, we discovered that this passage talks about how God is in the plural. It actually says in the Hebrew, Jehovah, our Elohim is one Jehovah. Or our God, he, our God, our gods is one God. It is saying it in the plural. Our God, he is one. And the God that we serve, there are three parts, but one essence. All three are equal, yet the same. And God says of himself in Isaiah 41, 4, I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. This resembles Exodus 3, 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God declared of himself, I exist. I am. Of the verb to be, I simply am, I exist. And Jesus Christ is also recognized as God. As John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. See, Jesus was there at the beginning of time, at work with God. Jehovah, our Elohim, is Jehovah. Our God, he is one. He was not created after or part of creation, but Jesus is God. And belief in the Trinity, belief that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father are all one is necessary for a proper understanding of redemption. We call this the Trinity, where there are three parts, but there is one God. See, if God is absolute and simply one, there can be no mediation or atonement because God, between God and man, there can be no reconciliation. Man cannot reconcile himself or humanity to God, but only God can reconcile us to God. And as Colossians 2.9 says, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So Jesus became human. Jesus, the Son of God, became human and came to this world to show us God's love by living with humanity. As Philippians 2.6 tells us, Jesus was in the very form of God. But Jesus was not merely just a man. As John 10, 30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Jesus was, in fact, God himself, incarnate flesh, God in flesh. And Jesus came to bring us life and restore relationship with God because God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So no matter what you've done in your life, you can be restored into relationship with God because God so loves you that he sent Jesus down here, the Son of God, to die for you, to be reconciled to God himself through Jesus, our mediator. And Jesus came to bring us life, 
and restore relationship. In 1 John 5.20, it says, The Son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. The Son of God has come for you. Think of your life. Think of the things that you are facing right now. God himself has come for you. He cares for you. God has begotten his only son for you. God cares deeply for you. God is at work in your life. God is at work calling you closer to him. God has always been calling you closer to him. And we see the Father and the Son work together. But even in creation of Genesis, as we look back at the beginning of the story, or John 1, where it was talking about how the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was flesh. And in Jesus' baptism, in all of these, we also see that the Spirit of God was at work. In Genesis 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now this, this phrase right here in verse 2 where it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That phrase right there, the Spirit of God, is yet again in the plural form, Elohim. The plural, Spirit of God. The same as we saw in Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, Jehovah our Elohim is Jehovah. The Lord, our God, the plural gods, is one. Our God is three in one, but working in so many unique ways. And we see the Spirit at work in the New Testament. We see that Jesus sent the Spirit down to the early church, arriving at Pentecost, as we just spoke about two weeks ago. That the Holy Spirit came down to fill our lives and to work through us to pour out the love of God into this world. And the early church spent great time discussing and creating a, a statement to define what this actually looks like, of how do we have God the Father who created us, Jesus the Son who died for us, and now the Spirit of God living and dwelling within us, that we can go out in the power of and the name of God. They created something called the Nicene Creed. It was written in 325 A.D., I'd like to read it to you. It says, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us, men for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. I'm going to stop there. In even the early church, 
In 300 AD, the early church saw the significance of God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and how the three parts had worked together. Three, but yet one. We believe there is one God, but three essences, all equal, all at work, in all creation, in history, in your life, and in eternity. There are three expressions of God. Now, let me pause and say, we do not believe in tritheism, or three gods. We do not believe that there are three distinct gods. There is one God, Yahweh. There is one God. But there are three expressions, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in the baptism of Jesus, we see these unique essences of God work together. In Mark 1, verse 9, it says that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Verse 10, it says, And when he came out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved, my, my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. In this moment, we see Jesus emerge from the water, the Father speaking, and the Spirit falling. Three essences, all at work in unity. And from the beginning of creation to the end of time, we see God at work in humanity. Jesus himself spoke about this same three-in-one nature. Jesus' words in Matthew 28, verse 19 were, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God the Father sent his son Jesus Christ down here to this world to reconcile you and me, that we can walk in relationship with God, that we can leave the valleys and the mess and the pain of our life behind, and by the power of his spirit be redeemed and restored into relationship with God, that we can live in eternity with him. See, God is not made up of matter. God is not made up of some kind of measurable thing, but he created all matter and all material things. And since God created all things, it means that he has no beginning and he will have no end. Jesus also was not created at his birth. Jesus did not simply begin to live when he was put into Mary's womb. But as Jesus tells us in John 8, 58, Jesus was active before Abraham. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am, declaring that he was eternally existent. God declares that he is the Alpha and Omega. In Revelation 1.8, God declares, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This same phrase is also used by Jesus in Revelation 22.13 where Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The two of them using the same phrases, the, the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus was said in Colossians 1.17 that he is before all things, and in, in him all things hold together. Now you may not know what an Alpha and Omega are. In the Greek language, the Alpha and the Omega, those are the beginning and the ending letters of the alphabet. It's like saying, from A to Z, from the beginning to the end, from before creation till after it ceases. God is at the beginning and he will be there at the end. In your life, God was there at the beginning and he will see you through all things until the end of your life. 
And God is declaring in his word that he is at the beginning of every situation. That he is the one who was, he is the one who is, and he is the same one that will be there again tomorrow. See, our God is the same yesterday and today and forever. Our God does not change. And our God's nature is loving. He created you to be in relationship with him. He loves you so much that he sent his only son down here. Jesus came down here to give of his life so that you can be restored into relationship with him, so that you can be drawn closer to him and be forgiven of your sins, and that you can receive the love and reconciliation that you need so that you can be taken into eternity and spend the rest of time with your creator. Your God loves you that much. No matter what you're facing right now, I want you to hear this. God is with you. He has been there with you from the beginning of the situations that you face. Even when he seems silent, he still is there. Even when you don't see a way through, he is still guiding you. And even when there is, are things that are unsure and you don't know how they're going to end, God will be there as well. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. In, Gen in Exodus 3.14, God said of himself, I am who I am. I exist. I simply be. I exist. And again, as we just read in Re Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is, and who was, and who is to come. Now, both of these passages, Exodus 3 and Revelation 1, they use verbiage. They use the same verb, to be. I am, I am the one who is, who was, and is to come. They both are talking about how they will continue, how they exist. God is saying, I exist indefinitely. And in the situations of your life, God exists in the details, indefinitely. Even when you run from God's purposes, even when you go different ways, even when you don't see God at work, even when you wonder if God is actively intervening, he's still there. He exists. He is the one who is and was and is to come. He says, I am the great I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega. And Jesus also said of himself in Revelation 22, 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. There is no thing in your life that God is not a part of. God is a part of all things. So what does this mean for us? God is the great I am of your life. He was there actively at work in your life at creation. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he will be with you at the end of time, at the throne of our Father in heaven. In the in-between, where do you rest with Jesus? Do you do your own thing? Do you hide in his shadow? Do you fall at the altar and say, Lord, since you exist over all things, I want to be with you. You are the great I am, so be the one that exists over me. Allow your creator, your savior, and the spirit of God to dwell in you so innately that you are moved from here to there as the spirit wells. wills. 
Do not go anywhere on your own, but go where the Father desires. May we recognize that it is no longer I who live, but the Spirit of God who lives in me, and that our desires fade away, that we become less important, and we begin to say, yes, Lord, whatever you have for me. As young Jesus put it in, when his parents couldn't find him, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Are we about our father's business? If the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, is over our lives, eternally existent, can we put our trust fully in him and be about his business? Trusting him in the divine nature to work out the details of our lives and let him be the beginning and the end of our day. Wake up every morning and say, God, I surrender to you. Lead me and guide me. At the end of the day, thanking him for his blessings, his provision, his direction. Think about your life right now. In the best of times and the worst of times, God is there. In the challenging moments, God is there. In the valleys, God is there. On the mountaintops, God is there too. In your promised land, God is there. He is the great I am. He is calling out to you, the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Day by day, may our lives reflect the glory of Yahweh. So think about your life. Will you surrender all of your life to him and trust that he is eternally existent over it all? The same God who has pulled you out of situations in the past and given you clarity and direction for your life, who has provided for you, taken care of you, and been at work in the details, is the same God who will be guiding you tomorrow. Will you put your trust in him? We see that he is eternally existent, and he is calling to us. He says, I am. Not only am I sitting up here waiting for you in heaven, but I have sent my son, Jesus, to die for you, that you may be reconciled. So come to me. Know me. I've also sent my spirit into this world that you can be filled with my power and my presence, that I may guide you. So be filled with the spirit. Would you bow your head with me as I pray? God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you are with us in all things. You are the God who was, the God who is, and the God who is to come. The great I am, eternally existent. We stand in awe of a God who can create the cosmos, but yet still calls to each one of us uniquely and individually. God, right now we pause to say we put our trust in you. Would you begin to just think about the details of your life and present those to God as I continue to pray? God, you know the situations that are before us. You know the mountaintops, you know the valleys. You know every season. We thank you that you are faithful, that you are consistent, and that you are loving. May we continue to keep our hearts open and attentive to your Holy Spirit, that we can go where you call us to go, 
May we remember to walk in a restored relationship with you that has been done through the power of Jesus. And may we truly surrender our lives to you. Our Father, our God, we love you, God. Amen. As we go into this next song, would you begin to just declare to God your praises to him, surrendering all of your life and inviting him to fill you afresh with the trust and the reassurance that the great I am is with you. If you need prayer, we have an online pastor who is watching with you live if you're on the online service. Feel free to reach out and let us know how we can be praying for you.